0: I want to introduce some of your guests, and you don't know him, but uh, I want to inter- introduce James Barron to you. James is going to come and bring the message today, so James, why don't you go ahead and make your way up here? You did show up, didn't you? Um, just a quick quick thing. James and I have had a long-term relationship. We've been uh, friends and uh, sharers of uh, truth uh, with each other for over 20 years, and um James is an attorney, but don't hold that against him. He's, he's really a nice one, a good one. And, um, but honestly, folks, as far as the revelation and truth about the finished work of Christ, I don't know of anyone uh, in, that I've ever met or ever read that has more ongoing insight and revelation of the whole truth of the finished work of Christ than James Barron. And it's with a great deal of uh, joy joy. And in some ways, pride that I not only invite him, but I'm eager that he share with all of us the truth that God has given him. And here's the way this happened. Uh, Two weeks ago, or maybe it was last Sunday. No, it was two weeks ago. We were standing out in the hallway talking after an elders meeting, I believe. And I said, hey, James, you got any good Christmas messages? Something like that, just kidding him. He said, yeah, I could probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean the whole God with us thing. Yeah, and then you know he kind of went on a little bit, and and I said okay, and then so I texted him later, and I said, hey James, uh, I like that idea you had about Christmas, and uh, I want you to do it on the 19th. He said, are you kidding me? I said, nope. I I want you to tell them what you told me standing in the hall. All right, so here he is.
1: you know, so much you can say about um, Christmas and the incarnation of God into our realm. And um, I just have a few thoughts I wanted to share with my brothers and sisters here this morning to encourage us. Thank you so much for your love and your prayers. And thank you for supporting this fellowship and with your gifts and prayers for Clark and Martha and everybody here. It's just, it's just really an oasis, I believe, that blessing a lot of people. Um, I feel like just praying just for a few seconds here. Let's pray. Lord, we just thank you that, that you're with us. You're with us always. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you that you know all the needs all the physical needs, the financial needs, all the hurts, all the fears. You know everything. You said in the world we would have tough times, but that we could be of good cheer because you have overcome the world. Lord, we thank you that you came to us when we could not go to you. Help us see, Lord, the reality of your nearness now in a new way and every day help us see more clearly the reality of our union with you. Awesome reality. I pray that every cry of every heart would be heard today and that they would know that you heard them In Jesus' name, amen. To me, one of the most uh, fascinating things about the birth of Christ is when the Magi came to see him, having seen the star, and the Magi we know are Gentiles, they're not even uh, of the Jewish people, and they saw the star in the East, the scripture says, and they came to see the Christ. And um, to me, it's amazing to see how they, they came to Israel and Herod called for the, the Jewish leaders to come and, and uh, tell them, you know, what city he was to be born in because they came and they said, we've seen his star in the East. What city is, to be, is he to be born in? And the, the Pharisees could answer the question. They could say, they quoted Micah and they said, oh, Bethlehem, though you be little among Judah, he shall come forth from you, that verse. They knew the scripture. They knew where he was. They knew what city he was gonna be born in. But they didn't see the star. It's, It's awesome to me to see how God revealed himself to those who did not have the law. And yet those who had the law could quote the law, could quote the scriptures, could quote the prophets, but even after they saw this entourage, and this was an entourage it 's not like you know the three wise men on three camels like we 've been told this is this was people think it was three wise men because of the three gifts, the gold and the frankincense and the mirror, but it was actually it was an entourage of these Persian astronomers, philosophers who came. Many people think Daniel, who was in captivity years ago before, had told them about the prophecies of the, of the Jewish king that was going to come, the 70 weeks of Daniel. We read about in chapter 9 of Daniel about how the Messiah would come after so many hundreds of years. And these guys passed this message down through the centuries from Daniel, we believe. And so they were ready. They were looking in the stars, and they came. And they, when they came, they... Um, they came with an entourage. I mean, the scripture says Jerusalem was troubled when they came into the city. I mean, you don't get trouble with three guys on three camels. And you don't get a, an audience with Herod if you're just three guys with three camels. But this is like unbelievable. They knew who these guys were, the Persian. Uh, they called them the Kingmakers, those who would anoint and point to those who had destiny and so forth. And, but this was God's way of saying the Gentiles Uh, would see and receive this when my own people would not receive it and not understand it. The scripture says he came to his own and his own received him not. And one of the reasons I believe saints, they didn't see him. And this is what I want to focus on is is they they really, um, they had the words uh, of God God came to them on Sinai and gave them words like no other nation. They got the, the law from God himself, a special people. They got the words uh, from God, the scripture. Salvation is of the Jew. And they had these words uh, and they, they, uh, they had the words, but they, as like the spirit seemed to say to me about this message, that they missed the word that became flesh. Um, You can get so enamored in the words and miss the word. God himself. Jesus said to the Pharisees, he said, you search these scriptures and you think in these scriptures you have life. But they speak of me. And you won't come to me that you might have life. And so you can be so enamored with the the law and the words and principles and and rules and so forth and miss the God who spoke these things. And so I think that's what happened. God is teaching us. His coming into the world teaches us so much about him. I mean, so much, so much about him, the way he came into the world. Um, Saints, I believe that, I really believe that You know, we read about how the Spirit is given to the believer to renew our minds. I believe the renewal of the mind is is not as, as we think. When you hear that phrase, the renewal of the mind, what do you think of? What's the first thing that you that comes to mind when you think of the renewal of the mind as a believer, as a as a person in Christ? the spirit given to renew our minds. I think a lot of times, I think we think that we we think in terms of uh, thinking good thoughts instead of evil thoughts. Um, I think we, we sometimes lean more toward a morality issue, like thinking, being a good person and being moral. The spirit is given me, given to me to renew my mind so I will think good things about my neighbor and not bad thoughts about my neighbor. Um, and so we, we tend to think the renewal of the mind is, is that kind of thing. And that's part of it, but that's not the heart of it. The heart of it, I believe, saints, is the Spirit renewing our mind to the ways of God. More specifically, renewing our mind to His way of not giving us righteousness, not giving us grace, not giving us peace, but He, God's way, is to give us His Son. And to put you and I inside His Son. And if you're in Him, He has become your peace. He has become your righteousness. He has become your grace. See, God's not giving us just concepts. He's not just giving us grace. The scripture says, be strong, my son, in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. It's, a, it's, a, it's so, it, it's so uh, awesome. It's, it seems too simplistic. And, and yet it is wisdom beyond, it is, Paul, Paul was uh, concerned with the Corinthians. He said, oh, Corinthians, I fear lest you have been beguiled like Eve was beguiled and was moved from the simplicity of Christ to a tree of knowledge of right and wrong and trying to live your life, your Christian life with just knowledge of good and evil as opposed to seeing the great miracle of union with Christ. Christ is my life, Paul says. To live is Christ. That's why the the scriptures are full of phrases like in him and he in us. They signed their letters like that. The early church signed their letters in Christ. In him, he and me. Um, they they understood this reality of of this union. And so here's this: the star is is showing the place of his birth. And they're coming to see him. And here's the Pharisees who had the scriptures, who saw this entourage, who knew this was a big deal. Herod, they got an audience with Herod. This was huge. All of Jerusalem was troubled by this. And yet, it's amazing to me that not one of those Pharisees, not one, according to the scripture, not one said, you know, I think I'm gonna tag along to see if there's something to this. I mean, they could quote the scripture, yes, Bethlehem, five miles south of Jerusalem, five miles down the road. And they all just went back to their synagogues or their, their um, homes and they let this entourage leave. I, uh, I, just, I just feel like the Spirit of God wants us to... Uh, have this switch flipped in our minds. The renewal of the mind, there's a a switch that will flip. The spirit will flip a switch and we'll be able to see things as he sees things and it's not that difficult. It's not difficult at all. I mean, it's, it's just a matter of hearing and saying, oh, oh. And then the scriptures, you read the scriptures differently. Um, Jesus said in the last chapter of Luke, he said, Um, the scripture says he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. They knew the scriptures. These were Jewish apostles or disciples and they knew the scriptures, but he he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures, the scripture says. And when when he opened their understanding, then he said, and beginning with Moses and the prophets and the Psalms, he revealed himself to them. That it was, he was written in all those. And those three divisions, Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms, is a, those are the Jewish divisions of the Old Testament. The, the writings of Moses is the first five books. The prophets speaks of the major prophets like Isaiah, Jeremiah. And the Psalms is the Jewish heading for the minor prophets and the Proverbs and Psalms and Ecclesiastes. So what the Lord was actually saying was that the entire Old Testament, all of the Old Testament is about me. Even Ecclesiastes. Everything. I'm hidden in all those. Every page, every word speaks of me. There's a revelation of, of him in, in the scriptures. But it took an, it took a revelation for them to their eyes to be open to see the word within the words, if you want to say it that way. Or the wheel within the wheel, like Ezekiel had that vision of a wheel within a wheel. It's like that magic eye thing. Ever seen that magic eye thing, you know, we you stare at this chaotic-looking picture, and then you, after you stare for a while, you look beyond the point of the page, and your eyes shift to where you're looking beyond, and this vi- this image comes into p- to vision, you know, into uh, sight, and you're seeing a whole different hidden picture that was there the whole time, but you couldn't see it because you had to look beyond the page. You had to focus at a point beyond the page. It's called the magic eye. You can buy books about it and you know, it's just kind of cool. And once you, once you lock in, you know, once you see that picture, you can just look all around. Have you noticed that you just, once you see it, you go, oh, cool, look at this. Oh, this is a, a bird flying or whatever it is. And that's kind of the way it is with the revelation of Christ in the scripture. Once you see, you're ruined. <laughs> You're just ruined. You're ruined for anything but Him. No wonder they preached Him. You see? Because it's all in Him. Paul says, Christ has been made unto me wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. He's been made unto me those things. That's why they said, as he is, so are we. It's God's way to put us inside the son and we are now complete in him, Paul says, and he in us. And it's so simple, it's profound. The child can receive him and be placed in him and have all that the old saint has because it's him. It's awesome. We must become as a little child to receive. God put everything in his son for the fullness of the Godhead dwelt in him bodily so that when we pl- are placed in him, Emmanuel, God with us, he came to be with us not just at his birth, but forever. He said, I go to prepare a place for you that, I'm, that where I am you may be also. He said, in, in a, after a little while, I'll come back after preparing this place. After a little while. He's not talking about 2,000 years. He's not talking about the second coming there. He's talking about after three days and three nights. I go to prepare a place for you that where I am, you may be also. He said, in the, the world, we're gonna be, they're going to rejoice at my death, but you'll be sad. But in a little while, you will be glad, and no man takes that joy from you because you'll see me again. And in that day... When you see me after three days and three nights, you will know that I am in the Father and the Father is in me and I am in you and you are in me. Amen. Behold, I am with you now always, even until the end of the world. Christ, our life in us and we in him. It's the wisdom of God. Moses said, Lord, show me your, show me your ways that I might know you, Lord. Show me your ways. Show me your glory that I might know you. Show me your ways that I might know you. And God's first response to that was Moses, there is a place by me, there is a place near me. And I will place you in that place. And only in that place. Can you see me as I am? And in that place you will rest. And we sing about it. Rock of Ages, cleft for me. There wasn't a rock up in Sinai that if we find that rock, we'll find God. He was talking about the rock, which is Christ. There's a place, a cleft, it'll be stricken, it'll be hit. He will die. He has come to die, but he's not to be stricken twice. Speak to the rock, for he's done it. It's finished. And in that rock, we see him as he is. And we become like him as we see him as he is, manifestly like him. We're already like him and created new in him, but it's manifestly coming out of us as we see him. As he is. Moses, Moses and, and uh, Elijah and Jesus appeared on that mountain and, and James and John and Peter were there and they did the same thing the Pharisees did in Jerusalem with Herod. The same thing. They said, oh, Lord, this is good that we're here. We've got Moses, we've got Elijah, we've got Jesus. Let's make three tabernacles, one for Moses, one for Elijah, one for Jesus. And we can, we can celebrate, you know, add Jesus to the law, add Jesus to the prophets, add, this is awesome, we should, this is great. And, and the father came down with this mist and Moses and Elijah disappeared and the voice of the father spoke and said, hear my son. It's not Moses and Elijah and Jesus, it is Moses and Elijah, pointing to Jesus. The law and the prophets. It's not God giving us things to do. It's God giving us his son. And uh, it's awesome. God's way of, God's way of, of uh, confronting evil is not to give us 10 steps to holiness or three steps for a better prayer life or if you will sow $183 into my ministry, God will act on your behalf. (laughs) No. God confronts evil by revealing his son. It's the revelation of his son where darkness cannot stand. It's a place of rest because as he is, so are you. We stand in the evil day girded with him because as he is, so are we. And we'll talk different. We'll talk different. We'll say things like, you know, we'll say things like, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. We'll talk union talk. We'll talk like that. We'll say, isn't it great to be in Christ? Isn't it awesome that he's always with me? Emmanuel. He didn't just give me things to do so I could be a better person. But the Spirit is renewing my mind primarily Showing me that it's all him. And if I'm in him, I can rest. If I'm in him, I can rest. Emmanuel, God with us. I think about when he was born, how the father, that was, the, that was where he released him. To the earth my beloved son. The angel said, peace on earth and goodwill toward men. In him is another world. It is his kingdom that has come in the spirit. It is a different world. His kingdom is not of this world. And so being placed inside of him, as the scripture says, it is of God that you've been placed in Christ. Christ. In him is this other world of peace with God, regardless of what's happening outside here, regardless of my faults, my failures, my weaknesses, for he remembers my sin no more. You know, we put in the program that, you know, we're way too concerned about something that God says I don't remember, something God has said I have separated from you as far as the east is from the west. Something God has said he has taken away. Something God has said he doesn't even take into account at all for his sons and daughters who have believed. What is that something? It's sin. Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. What is left but relationship? And that's why he does it this way, because he doesn't want to give us just righteousness as a concept or grace as a concept. He wants relationship. He wants to give us his son. And then we have this awesome reality where we've been called into the fellowship of the Father and the Son as sons and daughters of God. And if a son, then an heir. End of story. That's it. I don't care how bad a son you might be acting right now. You're a son, you're an heir, that's it. And guess what? The more you get enamored with him, the less bad you act. Religion doesn't get that. But you get that because you start being who you really are. It feels good to be who you are. It feels weird to to do something that's not you. It's weird how God's wisdom, it's awesome. It's so liberating. I'm convinced if, if the believer would stop being so obsessed with sin in the flesh, they would break through to see who they are in the spirit. But that's the enemy's trick. The enemy's trick is to keep you sin conscious and focused on yourself and focused on the flesh and, and uh, give them good rules and a little morality here and there and forgetting the revelation that it's It's him. It's in union with Him that a whole new world opens up within here. Christ in me, the hope of glory, to live as Christ. The Spirit of God wants to flip the switch and open the Scriptures in a whole new way to the church worldwide, to stop seeing just the words, but to see the Word that became flesh, to see The reality of God's way is to place us in Him and He in us so that we can rest. He says, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. the, The son was yoked up to something. He was yoked up to someone. He said, the works I do are not my works. The works of my Father within me He does the works and the words I speak are not my words, but the words of my father. He speaks these words. He says, take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. This is what I'm yoked up to. I'm one with the father. He does everything through me. I don't do anything except the father does it through me. And as I live by the father, so shall you live by me. For I am meek and lowly of heart. That's an awesome verse. It tells us how a person, the posture of a person who lives by another within meek and lowly of heart. In other words, a good receiver, like Clark says all the time, a good receiver, meek and lowly of heart, a receiver. The son was a receiver of God, the father, working through him. And now he says, you shall live by me for my burden is easy. My load is light because it's not you doing it. It's me doing it through you. You shall find rest for your souls. This is my father's way. This is God's way. It's heaven's way, heaven's way. Natural man finds this foolishness, but it's God's way. It's God's way. It's so cool. Well, that's the understatement of the century. (laughs) Lord, we just thank you that you're helping us see Emmanuel, God with us. Thank you, Lord, that you put us Inside of your Son, and your Son is inside of us. Father in the Son, and the Son in the Father. We in the Son. The Son in us. Lord, as we close this day out, we just pray that you would take these words and bring to remembrance your way For your way is not like man's way. As far as the heavens are above the earth, so is your way different from our way. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. For these things are foolishness to the natural mind, but they are life and peace. For the mind set on the spirit And the things of the Spirit are life and peace. Lord, thank you that you've given us the Holy Spirit to show us the deep things of God, the ways of God. Union has come. Union has come. Oh, if the children could only see Oh, little one, toss to and fro. Fear not. He is on your side. He fights for you. If God before you, who or what can be against you? there is none higher. He is Lord of all.